Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. I am excited to have a friend and content expert join Gut Plus Science to inspire, educate, and walk alongside us to navigate important diversity, equity, and inclusion topics that will help us move people forward. And it's Brian McComick. Brian is passionate about creating human-centered workplace cultures and has over 25 years of experience to share with us. Brian, you go. Hello and welcome back. This is Brian McComick, your DEI commentator on the Gut Plus Science podcast. I am, as always, delighted to be with you this month to talk all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. This month, I was thinking about the conversations that I've been having with so many clients and colleagues about how work has changed over the last couple of years and where we work, quote unquote, is um, an ongoing conversation. Should we should we be working virtually? Should we return to the the offices, the workplaces that we used to go to? Should we be having hybrid or blended workplace environments? And, you know, I think this is an ongoing conversation and one that that we'll see where it lands. I am certainly an advocate, though, of encouraging the the clients we work with and the 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 individuals that I have a chance to to influence to really think about what is needed for um, the people at their company. What is the best answer for those humans? What will allow those humans to do their best work? And part of that is also how we think about building trust. So whether it's a hybrid work environment, a fully remote work environment, an in-person work environment, one thing that will always be true regardless of that environment is you have to build trust with the people you lead. So what does what does trust mean? Let's let's take a moment to define trust. The Oxford English Dictionary defines trust as a firm belief in the reliability truth or ability of someone or something. Again, that's the firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. And, you know, this is, this reminds me of when I work with leaders and I'll use the the employee survey and concept here of we gather information. And so, you know, one of the questions that we, we always encourage leaders to think about, and I always encourage leaders to think about is if you're going to ask for the information, are you going to do something with it? So hopefully you are asking information for information that you can do something with, then you're going to tell employees what you learned, and then you're going to do something about it. And they're going to trust that you do something about it by, with your follow through. That is one of the ways we can build trust because you are asking for information, you're sharing what you learned, you're admitting to action and you're following through. And that is one of the ways that we can build trust. Let's talk about another lens of trust. Dr. Brene Brown explains in her work that trust is built in tiny, small moments every day. Trust is built every day in the smallest of moments and the recognition moments, but also in the, hey, Sue, it's good to see you. How's your dad's chemo going? How was the soccer tournament? How are you feeling? What's going on with Steve's job search moments? Those are the moments that trust is built in. Those moments where, as you know, I'm hearing Dr. Brene Brown, as I like to call her Brene, because I feel like we're good friends at this point, because I just read and follow all of her stuff. She just talks about, she's talking about those moments where 
you are seeing another person for the human they are. You're acknowledging the reality of their life outside of work as they are entering your workplace and there to do the job that they're there to do. But remember, we're always humans first. These small moments of kindness and empathy and understanding, they create a stronger sense of belonging in the workplace. And eventually, with sustained effort and intention, those individual moments become a holistic part of a company's culture. So if I sort of frame that from a different lens, if each leader at your company, each people manager, each person at your company are showing up with those moments of kindness and empathy and understanding day to day, those become part of your company's culture. And I like to believe that at Hummingbird Humanity, the company that I am privileged and fortunate to lead every day, that this is how we try to show up for each other. And through those moments, we develop trust and connection. We developed psychological safety, which allows employees to bring their full and authentic selves and to challenge things or to, to raise concerns when something doesn't feel right for them. And I want to know when that happens. Um, and I want them to trust that not only am I going to listen, if there's something that needs to change, I'm going to change it. Or if something that I need to apologize for, I'm going to apologize for it. We're going to make it right. And that the perfection is not the goal. Getting it right all the time is not the goal. The goal is to have an environment where humans can trust each other and communicate with each other and see each other through the full lens of humanity. Being a human-centered leader and showing empathy and compassion doesn't dissolve your team from accountability or striving for a level of excellence either. You know That's something that I, I hear when when I talk with leaders, sometimes I, I, I'm encouraging them to say, like, we need to see humans as humans and allow them to acknowledge the emotions that and the experiences of life that that walk in the door with them when they come to work, whether that's in person or virtually. I may worry that the workplace will just become this landscape of emotions. I haven't seen that happen, actually. What I've found is that if people have the ability to just acknowledge how they're feeling, where they are, to know that they're trusted and accepted as humans, then they can also then do their best work. One of the things that that helps me is if I'm having a rough day or a tough moment is to say like, hey, I'm having a tough moment or I'm having a tough day. I need to acknowledge that I'm feeling that way. And I need to, to find a way to put that aside, to compartmentalize that. So then I can also then show up and do the best work that I can do. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect at it every day, but by allowing myself to acknowledge my humanity, it also allows me to acknowledge the importance of the work that I get to do and to show up for work in the best way possible. And I find that that works for the humans that I work with as well. And what I find is that when the people at Hummingbird, when they trust me, and, and I believe that you know, when your employees trust you, they will be more, more willing to say that I'm not doing well, I'm burnt out, my mental health is not in the good right now, I'm at capacity to need support. And those are ways that you know, if we understand that person, we see that person, we support that person, they know that their humanity is acknowledged. And then we can help them figure out how do we make sure that we we get the job done as well. There's a it's a balancing act. It's not an either or, it's finding the 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 way through those moments. So here's some ways that I think you can build trust and what I encourage you to to think about doing and building trust in a remote workplace. First, you can develop and agree on expectations. 
both in terms of quality of work and ways to engage in doing the work. And sometimes that might be schedules and timeframes. You know, one thing that I um, say to my team is I might work and catch up at odd hours. Sometimes I catch up in the evenings. Sometimes I catch up on weekends. And that's what works for me. And if that works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, I don't expect you to work outside of regular work hours. And each, each you know, while we generally all work regular work hours Monday through Friday, some of us do work irregular work hours at times, and that allows us to get some of our other human things done during the work week, whether it's picking up kids from school or or going to a therapy appointment or even catching up on an errand that's important for us. Another thing is schedule regular check-ins with the people you lead. For small moments to happen, you need to be intentional about connecting. Um, so whether that's connecting in a virtual conversation, um, like on Zoom or even via Slack, or um, Slack has some great options for for connecting, you know, whether via via voice or or, or video. Um, you know, those those check-ins, those moments are are important. Welcome feedback with humility and gratitude. I used to really struggle with feedback as many humans do. And uh, even today, there are moments where I might feel a bit defensive when I'm receiving feedback. What I promise anyone that I work with is that I will always listen to that feedback. I will process it and I will be grateful that they trusted me and respected me enough to give me that feedback. And I'll try to do something with it, whatever that, whatever feels right for that particular feedback. The fourth one is you can hold people accountable without placing blame or shaming the person. A human-centered leader takes time to examine the breakdown and provides support for improving processes and coaches the team member back on track. Again, being a human-centered leader doesn't take away from the importance of expectations, of forming with excellence, of holding people accountable. And you can do that with by focusing on the outcome of the work, the work itself, and not on the person and the qualities of that person. So this looks like, Johnny, when the report isn't fully detailed or researched, then it demonstrates or or communicates to the client that we haven't done our work. And so how do we how do we take those steps to to make sure that the report that we're working on has all of the information, has been thoroughly vetted, has been researched, has been documented to provide the right quotes and um, stats, rather than saying, Johnny, you did a bad job. Well, that is about Johnny rather than about the report itself. And we want to focus on the work product, which allows us to hold the person accountable without blaming or shaming the person. And fifth, as a leader, you also have to hold yourself accountable and be willing to admit when a mistake was made on your part. Modeling the behavior of accountability and course correcting yourself will help cultivate trust in your company. The way that I think about this day to day is I try to keep, as I say, my side of the street clean. It's important for me to do my part. I have a commitment to those clients who've chosen to trust me and trust trust our team. And if we get it wrong, we have to course correct or I have to course correct. And if I get it wrong, I also acknowledge, hey, I could have done this better. We could have done this better. I can't change what's transpired, but I can fix it going forward. Let's get it right going forward. And what I have found, and I've had a couple of conversations with clients in recent months where I've I've done just that. And what they've said to me is, Brian, workplaces that um, allow people to be human, allow empathy and compassion, while also balancing that with high standards for excellence and 
accountability, that combined reality is an environment that allows humans to thrive, to know where they fit, to know that they can be humans at work and to do their part to show up for each other, whether that is doing their part in the work that they're, they are that they are expected to do, or whether that's um, doing their part in acknowledging the humanity of their fellow colleagues or the people they lead. That collective reality is a powerful environment uh, where trust emerges and where humans can thrive. So I hope that you can create that kind of environment at your company. And if it starts with you, whether you're a, an individual contributor, or whether you're a people manager or a leader, or you're in that C-level seat, think about how you can build trust with your colleagues, how you can show up with compassion and empathy, and whether you're doing your part, holding, keeping your side of the street clean, um, withholding yourself accountable and modeling behavior um, that demonstrates that you are going to show up and do both do your part as a, as a colleague, as well as a fellow human. And thank you again, as always, for joining me on this monthly episode covering diversity, equity, and inclusion topics on the Gut Plus Science podcast channel. You can follow me on LinkedIn and just search for Brian McComick, M-C-C-O-M-A-K, and that's Brian with an I on LinkedIn. And you can also follow um, How Many Birth Humanity on LinkedIn and on Instagram, where if you aren't familiar with um, our Instagram channel, we also share Bosco's Biscuits. Bosco is my my beagle, and he's a rescue beagle who helps us um, spread the word about how we create environments that are inclusive and respectful for everyone. And if you really love um, these tips, you can also subscribe to the Hummingbird Humanity newsletter by visiting our website, hummingbirdhumanity.com, and register for our newsletter, which comes out weekly. And we provide lots of different tips and tools and resources that are shared um, both through our website and our weekly newsletter. Thanks again for being with me. Until next time, stay safe and be well. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.